This podcast is not a therapy service, a substitute for therapy, and does not provide diagnosis, but rather information, knowledge, and a conversation about mental health, culture, and society. You're listening to Chismes y Consejos with Justine Medrano. All right, welcome back to Chismes y Consejos. I just want to say so much love and appreciation for these last two episodes. Um, I appreciate all the feedback, all the positive vibes, and the love. Um, today we have Arturo, aka Tom Reyes, on the show today. And we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a therapist. So, welcome, Tom. Thank you. No one knows my government name. and uh, Whoopsies. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> and I have to honestly say, like, I'm probably the worst Latino ever because <laughs> I can't stand spicy food. Fuck. I'm, ho- I'm horrible at that. I barely can speak any Spanish. <laughs> and whenever I, like, apply for college or whatever... I always put I'm Hispanic just so I could kind of get in on... I feel like that is... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> are we Are we going to end it right now? Like, I'm like, uh, just kidding. He's sorry. not on the show today. <laughs> um, wow. No, just, so, um, tell us, tell the audience and myself a little bit about you. So now you know my real name, so we can get that out of the way. Um... <laughs> So I am an associate marriage and family therapist. I graduated from Pepperdine actually like a year ago last week. Okay, um, congratulations. A year in. Yeah, yeah, a wonderful year in. Um, I've been helping a lot of fellow therapists out um, with their kind of journey out, out of um, school. I know I helped you and it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of found my passion doing that too. Um, and then I started in on a private practice. Right now I work at two different private practices and just trying to get my hours so I can be official and be licensed. Yeah, so big ups to Tom because when, so right now I work in DMH, um, which is Department of Mental Health and it's agency work. So we predominantly work with like lower SES and people who have like Medi-Cal. Um, and I also do private practice. And with that, it takes a lot of work um, just like your own <laughs> motivation to kind of get out there, um, market yourself. And I was like, I need help. And Tom, like you helped me so much, just oh, like helping my website. Um, and even setting my fee, which was like kind of awkward. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to charge people. <laughs> you haven't gotten my, my bill, right? Like, uh, not yet. Um, 20%. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but like, you know, maybe in the future, <laughs> So you were just really helpful, really encouraging. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. It was, it was kind of nice to to be wanted and needed and just to be able to help out and see you kind of grow. Which is exactly what therapists do. <laughs> Usually, yeah. But you're such a hustler. I mean, like, you have all these kind of, like, side hustles and you're good at them all. Wow. So it's very easy to, like, want to help somebody who's already kind of helping themselves. Thank you. Just um, like a therapist. Just like a therapist. Um, okay, so let's start with how do you become a therapist? Well, I the 
I think the story that I hear the most is that, oh, when I was in high school, everyone came to me and they talked to me and they all just shared their stories, right? And I'm no different. I was kind of like that guy on the phone, like, remember when you had a three-way call by like hitting the flash button and dialing? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, so so I was like, oh, let's call so-and-so, right? Um, So that's where the cheese may started, like (laughs) totally high school. And in fact, you know, I was just thinking about it. It probably started earlier. It probably started with my grandma. Oh, because, dude, yeah, our grandmas are super cheese molasses. Totally. No offense, but, like, I love my grandma, but, like, I get some good, like, juicy stuff from her. But that's why we love them, right? Yeah. Like, just because, like, if you need to know what's going on in the family, you go straight to abuela. Yeah. Right? See? That's my one Spanish word for the, the show. Um, so, I, you know, thinking about that, I think it started there because I'd always go to grandma and be like, what's going on? And we would just gossip. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the most bonding thing ever. So fast forward that, you know, I, I kind of think therapy is a lot like our personal TMZ. Mm. Like, the great thing about it is we get everybody's chisme for an hour a day, <laughs> and we're able to help them through that, mm-hmm. right? So so I love TMZ. I love, you know, like, you know, celebrity <laughs> gossip. But, like, I get my real-world stuff that, like, I can actually maybe make a suggestion, maybe ask a certain question that opens up a client's eyes and maybe changes it, hopefully for the better, um, or maybe just makes them realize they're not doing something that, that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, for sure. So for people who don't know like what it takes educationally, because you can't just be like, yo, I'm a therapist. I'd be hearing she's met all day. Like what is, what are the steps to becoming actually like I'm an official therapist. So so you could do it the first way. I don't think the Board of Behavioral <laughs> Services would, would like that. Um, but I don't know what would happen. That's That would be interesting to kind of find out. Um, but so the steps, you know, you have to go get your undergrad, your bachelor's. Um, I got my bachelor's from the University of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, really r- rough place to kind of go in Albuquerque when I hate spicy food and not a big fan. <laughs> You're like, uh, I also don't like the heat. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, it was really awkward. Um, and then, so I got my undergrad there, moved back here to, to Southern California, and um, magically got into Pepperdine. It was the only school I applied magically, for. Magically, or you just, you, you are a hustler, and you, you earned that. You didn't magically get in. Or is it because you put Hispanic on your application? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, that's probably the reason. I, I will be honest. I When I applied, the minimum GPA was a 3.0. Mm-hmm. I had a 2.9. Okay. And I wrote this close. That's what I thought. I was like, yo, close enough. And, you know, everyone's like, why'd you pick Pepperdine? I was like, oh, you know, it's just such a great school. Like, it's really good. Like, you know, that's... Just by the beach. Yeah. all, all, All this stuff. But honestly, what it was, was it was the only school that didn't require GRE. I was like... I studied for a week. I was like, I'm not taking the GRE. So for those who don't know what the GRE is, it's basically the SAT on steroids for people going to graduate school. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It doesn't tell. Horrible test. (laughs) And it it literally tests nothing about your capability as a therapist or anything for that matter. But whatever, that's, that's for a different day. (laughs) And I didn't have to worry about it. So you you guys don't either. Yeah. So, so I, I wrote my, my personal statement. It was really good. Like I was interested in it. I remember I gave it to a few people to proofread and they were like crying at the end. I was like, all right, this is getting me in. Okay. Um, and I ended up getting in and you know, I I struggled in every other aspect of of school, like, uh, undergrad and all that. I just didn't find it, um, fun or 
meaningful mm -hmm. but when i got in here it was like something clicked like this is stuff that i love talking about love like i like writing papers like it was really weird and i remember um at graduation i was like oh my god i did it in the allotted time with every class and i graduated with like a 3.6 hey and like i had a 3.6 since like third grade yeah you know, when like two plus two is I think. Uh, honestly, I'm terrible at math. My family can attest to that. I think I failed algebra in high school like twice. I almost didn't graduate. Also almost didn't graduate from Baylor in undergrad because of calculus. Thank God and big shout out to my friend Vicky because she... She she whipped me into shape so I could pass that damn class. Um, I need a Vicky. Like, <laughs> so funny story with me is like, that's also one of the reasons I chose this path was there's like no math. Like, yeah. You have statistics, which for some reason, statistics just clicks a little bit more, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Okay, like I can see that 30% of the time that works. Yeah, and I have to, I have to agree with you. Going through the graduate school process for you know, MFT, particularly for us. Um, I think it's a environment and a culture that cultivates like your personal growth because oh. I, like my sister mentioned in the first one, I've been in a lot of schools and like a lot of different programs. And this is the first one where I felt like people were actually invested in you, wanted you to do the best and you were learning. But while you were learning, you were also like growing and healing yourself and doing yeah. the work within yourself so that you could help people. Um, as a therapist, so I have to ask you though: in yeah. some of those classes, were you like, "Oh my god, I have every single diagnosis in that DSM"? <laughs> um, no, because I there's some things that I definitely I'm like I'm definitely not schizophrenic. Um, <laughs> I doubt I doubted for like a good hard week. You're I was like, like, wait, <laughs> like what are those thoughts? Like you know what I mean? No, I definitely was like, wait, I might have this, or like, is this normal? Um, but. Yeah, we could be maybe like a little bit hypochondriacs. Totally. Um, but definitely I was like, hmm, that's weird. Or there was a lot of insight. Like I know when we were talking about, um, like we did Bowen theory, which is a type yeah. of theory about family systems and like how your family affects kind of like how you deal with things and how you separate as an individual. That's yeah. a really short synopsis. Um, I was like, damn, this is real. Like this is my family. Like this is why I am the way I am. And then we went into like addiction. There's a lot of addiction in my family. And I was like, wait a second. I definitely take on this role. And this makes more it, like yeah. when you combine the both, like both of them, I was like, yeah. this is a magical baby that explains my whole life. It's like the Jesus baby of baby of therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. And I think that's kind of what makes me want to help people to connect those jobs for others in this yeah. session. Um, okay, so that's how you become a therapist. Oh, and, yeah. So, and then you have to you have to pass all your classes. Yeah. And then there's a few more steps. One, you have to do a traineeship. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met Justine. I, yeah. I, at Phillips Graduate University, RIP. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I, I have to admit, you got me through some some rough days. Like, Aww. I didn't want to come in, but I knew, like, you were going to be there from, like, 6 to 7. <laughs> I was like, okay, if I hold out, like, you know, between you and Annabelle, like, I still have, like, when you guys stole my phone and did all the selfies and stuff. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of thing definitely helps you. So you have to do a traineeship for a year during... Um, while you're in school mm -hmm. and then when you're out once you graduate you have to complete the rest of your hours you have to do 3,000 hours mm -hmm. um, and it, it doesn't go fast I don't know how people do it in, in the year after they graduate like I'm almost there you I'm ready you, I'm here for it <laughs> 
you. But, but I also think it depends what route you take, right? Yeah. Like you went the private practice route where it is a slower yeah. because, you know, you got to, like I said, you got to market yourself and put yourself out there and be really about getting those people like people in and keeping yeah. your clients and getting referrals and all that. And there's a lot of pros to that, right? You, like you were talking earlier about like, before we started this um, <laughs> flexibility yeah. and having more like freedom and not being as stressed. <laughs> I, I don't know. Or as like, but you, stretch stretch is thin, probably good. Yeah. Right. Is that like a better word? Okay, yeah. We'll because I don't have anybody telling me like, you have to come in. Like if I want to cancel all my clients for the day, yeah. like ideally I could, but I would never, especially if like one, like they're in crisis too, like I need the money. You right. Know? Right. And but, I think with going to the agency route, you acquire your hours a lot faster. Yeah. However, there's a lot of demands on like paperwork and billing and that's how you stay and keep your job and so but it's also a secure paycheck because if clients do cancel yeah you don't get the hour but you still get paid absolutely um and i think this leads us to our next question is this misconception right of (laughs) that therapists make mad money oh it's true guys like i'm sitting here sipping the good stuff and (laughs) you know just enjoying life I'm in a um, beautiful house. Just, you know, <laughs> we're going to take a dip in the pool next and break out the caviar. <laughs> if only that was a reality. So tell it to the people in the back. Yeah, um, what is the reality of being a therapist and like the financial gain? So if you guys are ready, all, all you therapists listening or soon to be therapists, I'm sorry. But I have to I have to be honest. right? Yeah, you should. So, I mean, so right out yeah. of college, right, right when you graduate. You get your your associate number, and what that means is you have to work for a supervisor. So if you go private practice route, you you find a supervisor who's willing to take you on, and you kind of set your set your fees. Which I don't know why, but most therapists I I talk to, they have such a hard time talking about money. So I can I can say this: um, working towards my license, I was like, wow, I feel kind of guilty charging what a licensed therapist would charge right and then a part of me like and after talking to you at the beginning um of this whole process i was like man i feel really bad charging what the average price is like between 120 and 180 for a session um in private practice and i was like oh god like that feels like so much money and i feel like i'm i'm not there and then you said something perfect you were like you know that there's licensed therapists out there that unfortunately aren't very good or maybe they're not up to date on research or sometimes they do more harm or like they're unethical. There's like a lot of stuff, just like in any profession, you have the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, all of that. And then us. And then us, the unicorns. No. (laughs) And then you were saying, Justine, like, what is your worth? Like, I know the work that you have done and like the work you do. So like, what do you think you're worth? And I was like, damn, you're right. Like, I am worth that. And I do know that I have a passion for this and I do want to help people. Um, And I think that was kind of like what got me to be more confident and willing to talk about that fee. But also like there's insurances um, that you won't get paid as much, right? Like, yeah. So that's a hard part is balancing, right? Like you want to help everyone, but at the end of the day, you also have to make enough to like help your family, you know, (laughs) 
to, you know, one thing that you always preach, like whenever I think of you, I think of self-care. Okay. And if you don't make enough money, how are you going to do your self-care? Like, yeah. It, it takes resources to do that. Yeah. And, sure. you know, it's funny that I was able to be like, oh, you know, what are you worth? And kind of give you this pep talk. But in my head, I'm like, God, like if I can just get like 50 bucks from someone, I'd be, I'd be happy. You know, and, and yeah. in reality, it's like, I need to follow my own. And, and I'm starting to. And I think that's for all therapists. You know, we do. I know I struggle still sometimes with self care. Like I, like you said, I, I tend to grind and grind hard. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do lose sight of, you know, that self care piece or that balance piece. And that's something that we really encourage our clients to do. And, um, when I sometimes say it, I'm like, man, Justine, you really need to listen to your own advice. <laughs> um, and I mean, we're all human, so we're all going to have like those shortcomings. But going back to um, the the fee setting, something that a lot of therapists do is also a sliding scale, right? right. I know I do that. Um, so perhaps a client can't can't pay the the full fee of whatever it is, and so you're willing to slide that and reduce it. And some clients will be like really I can't afford it other clients they're like oh I have to cancel this week because I'm going to Europe for five months and you're like wait what yeah but you pay $25 a session and (laughs) and so I think that's where sometimes that happens where I think clients think there's that misconception that we do make so much money so like I can pay 25 but the reality is is you that's not the case and if a client cancels in private practice that's you know $20 to $100 that you don't get that you don't get to you know live off of basically and and then on the DMA on the agency side it's like you have to hustle and you have to make a certain productivity which is billable hours for the agency if you don't make that you're going to be the first to go um and even then, you, you don't make as much money as people think you make. Totally. Um, I know when I was applying, like, a lot of people coming out, if they do hire you, is anywhere between, like, 50 and 55. And 55 is at, like, the high, yeah. right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of, like, what people are getting themselves into if they want to become a therapist. Well, here's the thing, too, is that we didn't mention is along the lines of being out of and having a supervisor, being out of school and having a supervisor is... I have to give half of my fee to my supervisor. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. So, like, so even if my, so say my full fee is $120, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I I do get sometimes, but sometimes I slide. It doesn't matter. I'm giving half of whatever I'm taking in. So, so even if I got full fee, I wouldn't be balling too hard. Mm -hmm. But think about, like, how less of a baller I am because I'm only getting half of that, right? (laughs) Balling on a budget. It really is, Brian. (laughs) And I think that's where it comes in because I, People that are therapists, um, if they do have a passion for it and they do love what they do, like I think it shows yeah. that you this is really your calling and you're willing and and loving what you do because you're willing to do that for it's whatever. very it's a slippery slope though, because like I think sometimes like you will bend and be like, Okay, I know this person really doesn't have a lot of money, I really want to help them I do that. But then kinda of like what you said when they call and be like, I'm going to Europe for two weeks and you're kinda of like Wow, like... I want to go to Europe. One, I want to go to Europe. Like, (laughs) two, it's like, I I kind of like, kind of feel like I'm not getting what I'm kind of do, you know? And I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of therapists share that, but I haven't haven't really run into that, Mm -hmm. but I can see where it's, there could be some kind of like, you know, like sentiments of like, hey, Mm -hmm. like how come you're not paying me more, but you can go to Europe? Yeah. Um, And I think... um, 
it really comes down to what you value in therapy. Like, why are you going to therapy? And like, what are you getting from it? Is it part of your self care? Is it that you want to grow? Is it that you truly have a certain issue that you really want to like work on? Um, so going into that, what are some of like, what's the common day of a therapist? Like what is a typical day look like? And again, guys, this is, Tom and I talking other therapists could have a different life. They could be in a different place. Um, so it's kind of just a little insight, not like not a general thing. This is totally not general. I'll I'll give you my specifics. So, um, I have a family. I have two kids and a wife. Um, I always joke around with Justine and say, I'm really not married. But he is. Yeah. You know, not official. (laughs) I I always felt that if I got, you know, the, the biggest, like, thing I could do is not marry because then she doesn't incur my student loans. Like that's I mean I guess that's true love. I mean, yeah. Like it's basically like giving her $150,000 that she doesn't have. So to once pay. you pay off your student loans, you're putting a ring on it? Oh yeah. Like Get it. Get it. That gives me another 10 years. That's perfect. <laughs> so, what does a typical day look like? So, for me, um I've recently quit my 40 and 40 hour work mm-hmm. week job um and went full into private practice which is scary in itself um but what my day looks like now is tuesday wednesday thursdays i see clients and mondays and fridays i'm off and i have to do supervision on fridays for two hours but that's really not a big deal um and i see about seven to eight clients a day mm-hmm. on tuesday wednesday thursday so what it allows me to do is i can take the kids to school um, Monday nights, uh, soccer practice. And then I also teach at Pepperdine. So it's like, it kind of frees me up to do a few different things. So it's not just like, okay, hi, how can I help you today? Next hour. How can I do that? Because I think like if you're stuck just doing one thing, you're going to burn out a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see a, a wide variety of clients, um, you know, depression, anxiety, bipolar, you know, kind of stuff that I'm all very comfortable working with. And I have to say by Thursday night after my last session, I'm just wiped out. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, like, I have to give props to the therapist who do more hours or more days because I just, I I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to listen to anyone. I just want to go home and sleep and then Mm -hmm. Friday enjoy my day. And I think that's a super important thing that you just said. Um, Burnout, one, is huge in our profession because it's interesting. Um, Sometimes people will say like, oh, well, you know, you're just sitting there um, listening to people's problems. But can you speak on like what actually goes in the room? What are therapists doing that it's not just sitting there listening to problems? Right. (laughs) Okay. News break. It really is just, you know, it's, it's weird. I didn't realize kind of being in a room with somebody, especially, you know, if, if they're going through something rough, you really feel their energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're just sitting there, but so many things are going on. And you can tell, like, after a really rough session, you feel run down, like, mm-hmm. physically run down. So, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your active listening. You're paying attention. You're also trying to come up with, like, questions to ask and kind of guide the conversation, but let them, you know, do their thing. Sometimes you're doing different techniques, breathing, like you're breathing with them. I do a lot of mindfulness stuff. So I'm like reading a lot of scripts and like slowing down and noticing what their body language is doing. It's, it's very, it's like being hyper-focused for 50 minutes at a time and Mm -hmm. then taking 10 minutes 
to reset and just do it all again. Yeah, no, I, I really like what you said, that hyper-focus part, because I think in those 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and I know sometimes we do more depending on whatever. Right, yeah. Um, but you're looking at body language. You're looking, you're having like that intense eye contact. You're processing what they're saying by being present and asking a process question as far, like a process question would be like, well, you know, I don't know. Give me an example. I can't think right now. <laughs> um, so that's interesting that you, that you said that. Do you know where that may have started? Yeah. And it's not your typical, like, I mean, sometimes we'll say like, Oh, how does that make you feel? Or yeah, how do you that's feel? That's like the common, right? Yeah. I like on a couch, to me too. Cause like you want to process more than that. You want to process on a deeper level. And I think, the therapeutic relationship is so different from any relationship because I can go, all my siblings are so supportive. Like I can literally go to, and my cousin, everybody in my family is super supportive, but I can go to any of them and be like, yo, this is what's going on in my life. And they'll be like, you know, giving advice and being present, but it also can deviate to them. Um, And that's not a bad thing. That happens in a normal relationship, Right. right? It deviates to them. And, or they'll be like, oh, well, I had this problem. This is how I dealt with it. Where in the therapy room, we don't do that as therapists. We can say like, oh, I can relate to this. Or like, I can kind of see, you know, I can, that happened to me and I know what you're going through. Or I can imagine what you're going through. Something like that, right? Like little self-disclosures. But you're really creating a space in that room where that person is is, is like, it's their space. It's yeah. not your space. It's their space. And it's safe, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the most important thing you do is create a safe space that someone can open up and be vulnerable and get what they need to get out and yeah. get what they need for themselves. And it's objective, right? Like yeah. if I go to you and tell you my problem, like you're obviously probably going to side with me because yeah. you're my friend yeah. and you got my back. Where like maybe that other person will be like, oh, screw them. Like, yeah, I hate them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever it is. So I think it's really good because we, we hold the mirror up to our client will be like hey remember when you didn't want to do that while well, you're doing that yeah um so we're really objective and i think that makes that relationship special um is there any like pet peeves that you have that clients sometimes do i mean this this podcast is going to blow up so i have to be very careful <laughs> how specific i am um obviously no shows are a huge yeah you know like, why why is it a huge well kind of what we talked about is like fees and money are such a weird thing for me personally so even if they don't show up or if they cancel last minute part of me feels guilty charging them Mm -hmm. and even though it's explicitly stated and talked about you know anytime you don't cancel within 24 hours i'm going to charge you sometimes i'm just like okay yeah you were sick it's okay like i'm not going to charge you but it's also like hurting you know me being able to i don't know put some extra money in the bank for a rainy day whatever yeah um i think that's one and that's kind of frustrating sometimes mm-hmm. um but then i you know i read a lot and i talk to other therapists and they're like i'd much rather someone who's sick cancel than bring it in yeah for sure i also think with the no show it it's almost like an inconsiderate in consideration of your time yeah because say they're my last client and i'm waiting around like i could have gone home and maybe practice some self-care or, you know, eating some fries. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> so. The, wait, that's not the same thing? I guess that I, is the same I thing. I might be doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay, okay. You know, it's funny because. Take notes. Take notes. Yeah. When, when, when we did our traineeship together, it's, we were seeing lower fee, you know, mm-hmm. folks because it was a, a community clinic or whatever. And it was kind of like it wasn't about the money then, but it still bugged me, right? Because like what you said, it's. 
you know, like my time is valuable to me mm-hmm. and to somebody that, that wants my help and completely ignores that fact, you know, it, it, it it, it perturbs me. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah. So no shows. Are there anything else? Is there anything else that kind of gets gets you uh, worked out? Okay. So I've uh, we have to have what five hundred hours of children or and or couples for yes. our license, right? So I'm trying to pick up a lot more. Um, I call them kids, but like I like the adolescents, like mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16, right around there. And what I found is I love the kids. I love working with them. They're usually pretty open. I get to play games. They all kill me at Uno. I just... Mm. Have you played Feelings Uno? No. You know what? I'm going to tell you about that because it actually is awesome. But I make my own Uno. Like, oh, okay. So like I say, if, if you're going to play those four cards, you got to tell me four things that, okay, that's, that I need to that's know. Okay, that's basically the same. Yeah. yeah. Anything to, to kind of like make them not play that, you know pick up four yeah okay so got it (laughs) um but it's not them it's the parents Mm. and what i've noticed that a lot of the times whatever the kid's coming in for like there's there's a really strong correlation with what's going on with the parents Mm -hmm. but when you bring it up to the parents like oh i don't i don't know what you're talking about like that Mm -hmm. no no that doesn't make sense so you're like you want to just be like it's your fault (laughs) but you can't you can't say that you can't say that (laughs) but like it's frustrating to see a kid who's maybe struggling mm-hmm. and all you have to do is kind of like help the parents see that and see what they could do to change it because most of the time they're very open like whatever they can do to help the kid they'll do yeah but they don't think it has anything to do with them it's it's their kid and i as a therapist need to do something to change it mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that yeah no i t- definitely agree I think those are, are my similar um, kind of things that I'm like, ah. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I will have to add one more. Um, when clients don't are, um, and there's a lot of controversy with this, guys. Yes. Finally. <laughs> with whether a client is resistant, which means they're not engaging or they're not wanting to, like, change or do something. So there's controversy whether it's the client or yeah. it's the therapist. Um, and so because I know there's a controversy and I'm, like, on the fence, like, is it me? Because I, I let my boys like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing wrong? So I'll be like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And I'm very direct, too. So I'll be like, what's working? What's not working? What can we change? Like, yeah. tell me what's up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one. So, again, controversial. So it could be me. And I'm willing to own that. Or yeah. sometimes it's the client where they're just, like, not about it. Um, and then that makes me want to be like, okay, so why aren't you about right. it? Is Let's it me? Get deeper. Is it, like, is it back to me? Is it my fault? <laughs> what well, kind of goes along with this other thing that, you know, one of the cool things is there's a lot of support for therapists. And, mm-hmm. and I, maybe some people don't know, but there's a lot of closed Facebook groups that like a lot of conversations come up on it. Not about clients. So it's more about like how we feel and stuff. But one of the things that keeps coming up is imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I didn't so, know what that was. You, okay. I know what it is. Go ahead, shoot. Then. So, cause I've had it for a while. Well, I had it in like previous educational programs where I'm like, am I really uh, a this or that? I just got it. So what medicine yeah. should I take? It's like antibiotics. I or? think we are uh, working <laughs> on that. We're imbibing to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so imposter syndrome is basically where you feel that maybe you're not that right you're an imposter so am i really a therapist am i really helping like 
is this really happening? Um, and I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, and I think because in therapy, you do have such a huge responsibility. Yeah. Like people are sharing their like deepest parts of themselves. Um, they're super vulnerable. And it's actually one of the only professions where like, if I'm on the street and I see a client, I got to pretend I, they're not my client. Right. And if, so, like, if you guys get butthurt that I'm not saying hi, it's because, like, I'm not allowed to. Because unless, I'm respecting your confidentiality. Yeah, unless, like, you're like, yo, what's up? That's my therapist. Yeah. I can be like, oh, hi, bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, a doctor, for example. Like, I go to the gynecologist, right? And Me too. Same. <laughs> same here. <laughs> and, like, while we're talking, I know so much about him. Like, yeah. I know about his kid. I know he's in medical school. Like, I mean, and he knows, like, intimate parts of me. <laughs> and I hope so. Like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting your money. <laughs> and so I think like even in a lawyer situation, like, you know, you can have these conversations. You see him on the street. You can be like, yo, what's up? Yeah. He would bill you for that though. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but in therapy, like we don't share about ourselves with our clients. Well, unless you not, unless you do like the little minimal self disclosure, right? You're not like, well, my mom died when I was this age and then this is how I dealt. And it's not about you. It's about them. But I would argue that, that, sometimes sharing it i will only share deeper things mm-hmm. if it's relevant to their situation and it helps them see that it, it normalizes yeah what what they're going through right. so they're not alone right but it's not like you're taking up the whole session right. and relate relating that right um so that's one of the only professions that you know we don't have this like back and forth kind of thing right um it's also one of the only professions that you're not allowed to talk like outside like if i see you you know yeah so it's really really private and i think like you know this whole podcast is about destigmatizing mental health and i think that perpetuates the stigma like oh you're in therapy like why are you in therapy like where it's not about that or like you're a therapist like oh my gosh like you must see some crazy shit and i'm like no like we just talk about like family sometimes or like work stress and sometimes yeah it is it is intense like Oh, I'm not going to lie. It can get really, really hairy sometimes. But it's like a doctor, too. <laughs> like, we don't look at somebody who goes in because they have cancer and be like, mm-hmm. oh, like, what's wrong with you? Like, it, we, we don't do that. But for some reason with mental health, it's more of like, oh, you see a therapist. And I think we're changing that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to say it, but like celebrities who kind of admit that they go to therapy or athletes and stuff really kind of opens it up and like makes it it normalizes it a lot yeah for sure so thank god so any celebrities or athletes who want to come see a therapist i'll open up my schedule for you <laughs> and we can talk sliding scale I mean, <laughs> that's right. um same yeah. <laughs> so okay what are some other things that maybe um you know, you think is important about being a therapist or... So I'll get to that, but I have a question that just came up. Yeah. Who would be your celebrity that you'd want to work with most? Like as a as a clinician or just like on the podcast or like as a homie? Like what do you... Like a no, therapist? No, like a therapist. Oh, man. Is this for like... Because I... What I... This part or like what I want to work on in there? I their wish you guys can see what she's pointing to right now. <laughs> Or is it just because, like, I really have a crush on them and I just want to spend an hour with them? Which also is, like, not okay in the therapeutic. Right, yeah. (laughs) I'm about to hand her a book that says it's never okay to have sex with your therapist. (laughs) And uh, I've fulfilled my legal and ethical duty. (laughs) 
Because I just passed that test and I know it. Actually, that brings another question. Sorry. I yeah. honestly don't know. Maybe like Kanye, just because like Ooh. I think it'd be interesting to work with him. Yeah. Because he's been very open about like his mental health. And I just think it'd be, um, there's just so much there, like their family dynamic and like his personal stuff. And he, I know he has trauma, Yeah. like his college album, like the first one, College Dropout or something. It's the best one. Right. I agree. Um, so I think that would, that's a person that I would just kind of want to be like, let, let's let's handle this. Yeah. Um, well, who would be yours? Um, wait, am I doing anything with this? Or <laughs> <laughs> who would be interesting? Um, I don't know. I, you kind of stole mine with Kanye. Uh, I think any athlete, because I think athletes kind of have like their own mindset and like just to kind of dig into that and see how they're able to kind of, you know, work their thing. Maybe Kobe, because Kobe has, you know, the Mamba mentality. It's like a, a yeah. whole different thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Kobe. Love. He would uh, be like my, my crush. I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm not a huge... Wow, get like, out. Yeah. Get out. This podcast yeah. is over. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> so this leads me to my next question. Have you ever... Okay, so just for those who don't know... Um, Therapists cannot be friends with you. Right. Uh, they cannot have a relationship Wait, with you. Wait, you're a therapist. Like, you can be friends with therapists. They just can't be your therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, my clients cannot be friends with me. Right. Um, I obviously cannot date any of my clients. No. Um, and there's a whole thing where, like, you know, you lose your license if you have sex with a client. Um, but, of course, not like, no, this is not Okay, we will start with, of course. I got to hear this. <laughs> this is coming out weird. Ah! <laughs> okay. We are human beings and people are very attractive. Yeah. Have you ever had an attractive client where you're like, oh, this is this is weird. Like, I don't think I could work with you or like, wow, they're just really attractive. OK, I'll take that in certain pieces. OK, <laughs> absolutely. I've had uh, attractive clients mm-hmm. um, and like the focus is on that. Maybe we first may go, oh, you know, that person's really pretty. Um but I think the more you learn their story, mm-hmm. like that all superficial stuff like fades away and you just see who that person is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's hard. You, you become so close with this person. And like you said, share the most intimate things that they may have never shared with anyone else that you really create this relationship that's that's above anything else they may have had. So it's our responsibility as therapists to maintain those boundaries mm-hmm. and to like. To, to help them learn how to deal with whatever they're doing. Because, you know, sometimes they may start falling for you. And it's a good it's a good thing that you can be the person to be like, look, it's not really appropriate because we have this relationship. But think about all the things that you, you're worth. And you can take that to another, you know, person that isn't your therapist and wouldn't go to jail for this. And, <laughs> yes. and wants to keep his license. All good. All good. So you mentioned something about boundaries. Um as therapists, we have to be really strong on our boundaries, and sometimes it's difficult. For example, you know, we were talking about fees. Um, what are some boundaries that you have found to be difficult? So, in therapy, I use a lot of humor, mm-hmm. like a lot of humor. Um, so far, it's worked and it's helped. I know it's going to get to a day that I'm just going to make the wrong joke and totally stick my foot in my mouth, and I think that's okay if if I acknowledge it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. That one didn't go so well. Like, can we talk about this? And, and I think that's okay. So really maintaining those boundaries of, like, what's appropriate when we're joking around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I mean, we, we joke around. And some of the things we say should never be said in a room, right? 
so <laughs> so it's really nice to have other therapists that you can call and be like, oh man, like I just have to get this stuff off my chest and like clear my brain and like it go back in session and be appropriate. But um, <laughs> but because it's hard, like you said, we're human beings. We're human, yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I've have come to learn is. You mentioned it. Um, some days you want to come home and you don't want to talk to anyone and you kind of want to just be left alone. And then there's yeah. other days where you're like, oh, my gosh, I need like someone to like talk to. Yeah. And I think when you have therapist friends, it's so helpful because you can get deep. You can get like everything you need to in that hour because we're used to working in an hour increments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where even like in my body after an hour, I like start shifting. I'm like, OK. We're reaching an hour. <laughs> you know, yeah. like even outside of the room, you're like, it's about an hour. I got to get up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, one of the questions in the beginning you asked is what it's like to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. You you usually end a session either feeling like a superhero and your cape's flowing in the wind and you're, you can do no wrong. Or you kind of leave the session being like, I suck. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Did I even help that person? And it's this balance that like we kind of go through and we have to kind of be okay with because every session isn't going to be a home run. And what's interesting is we as therapists might leave being like, damn, that was a badass session or, oh my gosh, that sucked. But your client might be the opposite. Like that was the worst session ever or like that was the best session. And a professor once told me like, as long as you show up and you're being your best self, like you're doing the job yeah um which leads me to in my next question here yeah. what's the best piece of advice the best consejo that you have gotten <sighs> it could be like a life one it could be a therapy one it could be whatever so i when i'm in session i love to use kind of analogies and maybe sayings and movie quotes i love movies and um there's one from van wilder you know that says don't take life too seriously you'll never get out alive Mm-hmm. And I think it's so funny because for a long time I didn't get it, right? And then I really like said, so I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. It's like, like we're all going to die, right, <laughs> at some point. Wow, we're going real dark real fast. But no, you right. You right, right, yeah. <laughs> like, we're all going to die, so why not make our time, like, the most meaningful that we can? Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of alluded to, like, how could you let someone else make you feel a certain way? You have that power to kind of, like, not let them do that. You can change your thinking and, you know, the way you see things. And, you know, I, I think it helps. I think people relate a lot more when you're in a session to kind of, like, these abstract ideas of, like, you know, I may use, like, a basketball term or whatever the client's kind of into. And uh, I think, I guess the biggest tip is just knowing who your client is and what you can bring into the room that would help them. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so we're coming to the end okay. of today. What are some... Uh, you know, cheesemans that you'd like to share with the with the group. Oh, let me see. It's so hard because we we maintain confidentiality. Um, and it could I, it could be. No, I'm talking about me personally. Oh, like, <laughs> I, I maintain my confidentiality. Um, You're like I don't know what to share. Oh, like how? Give me an example. Give me one of yours. Um, I had a pretty awesome conversation with one of my crushes today. Per, I am so glad you brought that up. <laughs> Thank you. Like that. So one of the things, like I've I've listened to both podcasts. Yeah, absolutely loved them. Thank you. And the first one, I want to say thank you because you brought me up and you didn't even know it. You okay. said you had two crushes, <laughs> and I was like. 
man, she's like blowing up my spot on day one. And so I'm guessing I'm the older one because I'm a little bit older. Yeah, how did you know? I mean, it was easy. It just kind of like clicked <laughs> right clicked. away. So, so Don't I tell his that. wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, we're not married. But, you know, um, but f- I don't know. Like, I know one okay. that's like not, it's more like news. So as Tom was saying, after you graduate, you get these 3,000 hours. You have to take two exams. Congratulations, Tom. You passed your legal and ethical, which Thank is like you. amazing. One step closer. Isn't it ironic that I gave you the study material and you t- you took it eight months before I took it? <laughs> and I ended up studying for like an hour and a half total. But you also have like kids and a wife. Yeah. Like I have three dogs. You know, it's different. <laughs> It's different. Yeah, but it's really the same. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, my cheese may is that I guess that I quit my job that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really love, but I love the people there um, and I miss them a lot. And if they listen to this podcast, shout out to Brenda and Chris and Jennifer. Um, but I think it's important that I followed like what I truly like want to do mm-hmm. and that I spent all boatload of money on to like be able to do and just you know live my best life that i can and you took a risk and i i freaking respect that yeah because if you don't take risks then you never grow and you never you never see what's out there and justine said i could always move in here if i need to so really there's no <laughs> i need roommates there's no i'm not worried yeah i got you so good. um so what is a takeaway that you want our listeners to to you know put in their pocket um, besides, like, come see me if anything's going on. and Yeah, where can they... I have where no do sledding they, fee. Oh, they- <laughs> um, so my website is www.therapisttom.com. Mm-hmm. I thought it was such a good... Like, I, I like couldn't it. believe it was open, um, so, I, so I grabbed that up. But I, I think the takeaway is that, like, you're worth it. Like, you should go out and you should seek whatever you need help with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a weakness thing. It's, it's an empowerment thing. Um, and just think, like, you wouldn't not go to the doctor if you had a cold or a fever or something like that. Why would you take your mental health any differently? Yeah, no, that's so good. Well, it was a pleasure having you today. So and much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, later. See you.